0: each one. I greet you in our Savior's name. It's good to be together again and worship the Lord with you. That song that Brother Tony led, Let Your Lower Lights Be Burning, had to think, is is the light that I'm emitting in my Christian walk bright enough to help some struggling soul get home? For the sermon this morning, turn with me to Matthew chapter 10. I want to continue our study in Matthew this morning. It's been a little bit since we had a message from Matthew. This morning we're looking at instructions for those who are sent out. Here in this passage we'll see that Jesus sends out the twelve. Here we have instructions that are valid for all of us in sharing the simple gospel message, that there is a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior to this lost and dying world in which we live. In the previous chapters, Jesus had been showing His authority to the people. Authority over nature, calming the wind and the waves. Authority over spiritual beings, casting out demons from individuals. Authority over the infirmed and the crippled. Authority over even death itself. He has established that authority. We see where he did it time and time again in the scripture. And now we have a change here in this passage where he does something interesting. He shares that authority with his disciples, he calls his 12 closest disciples to him, the ones he would later call apostles. And he sends them out. Let's read verses 1 to 15, Matthew chapter 10. I'm going to go back up and read verses start at 30, verse 37 of the previous chapter. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the publican, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Labaeus, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betray- betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans, enter ye not. But go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold, nor silver, nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when you come into an house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. It says he gave them authority. What we see here is the instructions that Jesus is giving to his disciples. And in those instructions are some insights into the calling we have received as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're ambassadors for Christ, we're called to go into the world and share Jesus. We're a spokesman, we're a messenger. The word apostle means one who is sent forth. And Jesus sent them out to go and minister in the cities of Israel. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. I want to pick up a few verses here. In Ephesians verses 11 and 12. And he gave some apostles and some, and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So who are the saints? The word saint means a set-apart one. One who is set-apart. That means when you came to Christ and gave your heart to Him, He set you apart for Him, for His use, for His kingdom, for His light. From the world to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of light, and now you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You were set apart. These leadership ministering gifts here in Ephesians 4 were placed in the church to equip you, the body of Christ, to do the work of the ministry. You and I as Christians are ministers of the gospel. When we look at those leadership gifts in the church, we see that some are shepherds or teachers or pastors. To minister is not a title. It's only a a description of what that person does. They minister. The Bible tells us here in Ephesians 4 that we are called to do the work. Of ministry. The pastor and teacher's job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for edification, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Matthew one, or Matthew ten, verse one says he called his twelve disciples to him. And what does it say he did? He gave them authority to do these various things, to cast out evil spirits, to heal diseases and sickness and so on. The word authority here in this passage in the Greek, it means power to act. This tells us something about God when He calls you into the ministry. He's not going to call you somewhere without giving you the power to act. Where God guides, He provides He provides whatever you need to do that area of ministry. So here we see Jesus calls his 12 disciples to him. Then he doesn't just send them out, he doesn't just tell them to go out and cast out evil spirits, heal sickness and disease. What does it say? Verse 1 He gave them power. It says he gave them power to act. He gave them authority. In the same way, you and I were not called to minister, to function in the ministry in the power of ourselves, of our flesh. We were called to minister or to function under the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why when Jesus appeared to His disciples in that 40-day period after His resurrection, He appeared to them repeatedly. And in Acts chapter 1, on one occasion, He told His disciples that in a few days, the Holy Spirit is going to come to you, going to come upon you. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It was about power, power to act, power to do. Jesus is telling his disciples, in just a little while, the Holy Spirit is going to come and he is going to empower you to act. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit that God calls us to do what we are called to do. In verses 2 to 4, we have the names of the disciples. In verse 5, Jesus gives more instruction and gives us more insight. These twelve, Jesus sends out with the following instructions. He says, first he says, don't go out among the Gentiles or enter into any town of the Samaritans. I want you to just stay within the Jewish villages and towns. Why did he say that? He said it because the kingdom message they were going to be sharing was for Israel first. And Israel is the one who as a nation had, be, had been given the prophecies of the coming kingdom, the prophecies of the coming Messiah. And it was they who had the first opportunity to respond to that kingdom message and to the coming of their Messiah. We read in the book of Acts that later on, then the gospel would make its way into Samaria, to the Samaritan village, which were Jew-Gentile crossbreeds, Then from there it would spread further into the Gentile areas. But at this particular time, Jesus is telling them, telling his disciples, I want you to stay away from the Gentiles and the Samaritan towns. Another thing we notice is Jesus didn't explain to them as to why. He just simply said, don't go there. But rather but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. Sometimes that's a characteristic of us. Those who are called to minister. Sometimes he will give us directive with an explanation. He calls us to walk in obedience and to base that walk on faith and trust without an explanation. Then later on the disciples would come to understand why it was first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. But here Jesus didn't take time to explain it to them. This wasn't time for an explanation. This was the time for action. He said, I'm giving you this this authority. Now go to those who are the house of Israel. Just go. and Walk in obedience and faith. Verse 7. He goes on to say, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Notice this line, freely you have received, freely give. That's the title of the message this morning. Freely you have received, freely give. This phrase implies that we were given something. Jesus had been showing his disciples over the course of his ministry up to this point what it means to freely give. Jesus giving was something that went on and on and on up to the point of the cross where he freely gave so powerfully. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't just die for the sins of those who would accept what he did on the cross. Not for our sins only, but for the sins of what? For the sins of the whole world. Jesus died for those who wouldn't receive His free gift of salvation. He still paid their price. They didn't avail themselves of that price, but He still paid it. Imagine doing something for someone who has no appreciation and never will appreciate what you're doing. That is freely giving. I have freely, I have received freely. I am freely giving. Liberality. You and I are called to liberality. We are to be generous with ourselves, generous with our time, generous with our gift. We are not to use it to benefit ourselves in any way. It's for others. It's to be freely given. Jesus is telling His disciples that they're to go and do all these wonderful things. Heal the sick, raise the dead, and cleanse the leper. Imagine imagine being sent out to a town and you have this authority, this power to act. You're doing all these things, but wait, it isn't for you. It's not to build yourself up in the eyes of others. God didn't give you the gift He has so that people would think better of you. He gave it so that Jesus would be glorified in you and through you. In the book of Acts, Paul and Silas were on an island. And they're doing miracles. And these people who had this pagan thinking process thought they were gods. They started to sacrifice animals to them as gods. The gift that God has given to us, the body of Christ, He didn't give them to you so that people will look at you and lift you up. They are so that people will look at what you have done and say, isn't God amazing?" Freely you have been given, now freely give. It's not for you. Whatever, God, whatever gift God has given you, give it freely. So in the first seven verses, three instructions here for Christ's messengers that I want to point out. Number one is the power to act is His. He didn't call you to do it in the power of your own strength. As we are called to go into the world to share Christ, in a world that is full of darkness and sin, God never intended for you to go in on your own strength. He wants you to go in His power. Therefore, He gives us His power through the Holy Spirit. Number two is obedience without details are often part of the calling, and that requires faith and trust to do what the Lord has called you to do. Jesus told them to go into the cities of the Israelites, but he didn't explain why. And thirdly, freely give what you have received. It's not for you, not for your benefit, not financially. Or for your popularity benefit. It's for the glory of God. Give liberally, spending yourself on behalf of others. Verse 10 tells us how we're to go. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics nor sandals nor staffs. For a worker is worthy of his food. Jesus is not saying here that you shouldn't take a tunic, a pair of sandals, or a staff. What he is saying is to travel light. He's saying don't take an extra tunic, an extra pair of sandals, or an extra staff. They're not to stockpile provisions as they go. As they go into this area of ministry that God has called them to. Why? Because he says the worker is worth his keep. Who is the worker? You are. I am. Who's the one paying the salary of the worker? God is. What Jesus is telling us when we go to the work of ministry don't worry. Don't get weighted down by all the concerns about finances, about provision, how will I provide for my family, and all that. Leave it in God's hands. He will take care of those things as you go forth and minister. The worker is worth his keep. What about different kinds of provisions? Maybe you need courage to talk to a coworker about the Lord. Maybe even a family member. Expect that God will provide. When we travel, we like to have our provisions all planned out before we go. When we travel, we like to take along everything that we need. And then we throw in things that we think we might need. We, w- we want to be prepared. But there's an element, element of living by faith that is exciting. And I believe that God wants us to experience it when we minister. And that means stepping out and letting Him provide and taking care of your needs. Letting Him give you the things you need along the way. Another reason for this, when we pile up things that we think we're going to need in life, before we're going to go out and do anything for the Lord. It creates this attitude of self-sufficiency. But when we lack, when I lack in some area of my life, some area of my needs, it lends itself to a whole different attitude as we go minister. I'm not going in with an attitude of self-sufficiency, I'm going in with an attitude of insufficiency. Recognizing God's sufficiency. Do we grasp that concept in our daily lives? Today we stockpile things. People set aside large amounts of money for retirement. We figure out how much we think we're going to need to retire on. Then we worry, will it be enough? I'm not saying that. Say saving- I'm simply saying, let's be careful. It has potential to lessen our dependence on God. I like how Jesus says it here. As you go into these cities, as you minister and tell people about the kingdom of God, don't load yourselves down with a bunch of extra things. Travel light because I'm going to take care of you along the way. And when you see me taking care of you along the way, you're going to get excited about what it means to walk with Jesus. Serve Jesus, let him provide, as you step out in your ministry. Verse 11, Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. Travel in those days could be dangerous. They had inns. Today we have motels. Inns in those days weren't the safest places to be. They were not really a safe place to take your family. When they traveled, it was much safer to find someone who is hospital and invites you to stay in their home. Jesus told his disciples to search for some worthy person and stay there the whole time. In Luke's account, he says, Don't go from house to house. The idea is don't go around looking to better yourself, looking for a better deal. Just find someone who is worthy and stay, stay there. What does worthy mean? Worthiness is defined as someone who is responding favorably to the gospel. So they go into a town, they sh- start sharing Jesus with people, and somebody responds to that message. And someone takes an interest in what they have, what they are sharing. They say, I would like to hear more about that. You go to that person's house. You stay with them. That person has shown that they are worthy by their openness to the gospel. It may be the poorest person in town. He may be living in a hut. But you're better off there. And when you get there, stay there and don't go from house to house and try to better your circumstances. Why is he telling them to find someone who is worthy and then stay there until you leave that town? It's very important that as we share the gospel with people that they see the integrity in our lives. We are called to show integrity. All right, the next two instructions have to do with those times when people respond negatively. And that does happen as you share the gospel. And that is often what keeps people from sharing. Are you sensitive towards rejection? Some are so sensitive about rejection and if there's a chance that you're going to be rejected, or someone responds negatively to what I'm going to share, I would just rather not share. The the reality is some are not going to want to hear what you have to say. It's going to happen and you and I need to know how to respond in that situation. Verses 12 and 13, Jesus gives us more instruction how to handle it. He says, And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. The home Jesus is referring to is not a house. He's not talking about blessing a house. The greeting would always be a greeting of Blessing. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus simply told them to say, Peace be to this house. He's talking about blessing the people in that house, not the house itself. God wants to bless people. He says here that they're to give a blessing of peace to the people in the house. The message that we have to share is a message of peace. It's the message Jesus' disciples were sharing, and it's the one that we are sharing. We're to show people that through Christ we can have peace with God. And that peace comes through accepting Jesus and accepting what He did on the cross. That is how people can have peace with God. Those who have not yet come to Christ or have rejected Christ, they do not have peace in their lives. And the reason that peace is missing in their lives is because they don't have the Prince of Peace living in their heart. They're at enmity with God. The only way to have peace is through Jesus Christ. That is our message. We are ambassadors of peace but not everyone is going to receive it. Christmas time we sing, Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It's those who have received the work of Jesus, not in the manger, but on the cross. Those are the ones who have peace. Peace on earth begins with peace in the heart, because I received the Prince of Peace. So, what are we to do when someone doesn't receive the message? When they come to the place of hardening their hearts, they say, I don't want this message. I don't want Jesus. You have tried to share peace with someone, and it was rejected. What's Jesus say in verse 13? He says, Let your peace return to you. Let that peace fill your heart. You continue to be a person of peace even when they reject it. We don't retaliate. Remember, we are ambassadors of peace. What did Jesus say when He was going through the Beatitudes? Matthew 5, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Be peacemakers. Verse 14 Matthew 10, and whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. The Apostle Paul actually did this. Turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts 13, verse 50 and 51. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. They shook off the dust of their feet against them and came unto Iconium. Then in Luke's account, Luke ten ten. It says, But whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom is coming. Whether you accept or reject the message I just shared with you won't change anything. He says, You can reject Jesus, but that doesn't change the fact that you need a Savior. Neither does it change the fact that you're separated from God. That doesn't change the fact that Jesus is the only Savior that you can accept. Even though people will reject the gospel, we need to have the boldness to be able to warn them. Hebrews 10, 26, and 27. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation, which will devour the adversaries. When we share the gospel, we are giving people the knowledge of the truth. When we share the gospel with people, we are sharing with them the key to eternal life. And if they reject that key in the person of Jesus, there is no life, only death. As you shake the dust from your shoes, it's like a warning to them. You have rejected the only means of life that is available to you. When Paul and Barnabas delivered the message of Christ, it was rejected. The people told them, we don't want you here. Get out of town. So they left. They shook the dust off of their feet against them. Sometimes you have to move on to where the seed of God's word will be more readily accepted. The beauty of being created in the image of God is that we have been given the freedom to choose. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Sodom and Gomorrah were cities that were overthrown for their wickedness. But it would be more tolerable for them in the day of judgment or their citizens who were destroyed than for those who refused to hear the gospel of the Son of God, the perfect teacher. So in closing, I'm to few words from the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Turn down to verse 4. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We too have received something that can be the solution to the needs around us. We must be conscious of what we have been given. The anointing we have received is sufficient for whatever we are facing, or that will come our way. It is important that we use what we have been given freely, to bring people into the kingdom of God. So as you freely share the gospel message with others, remember, it is His message. Freely you have received, freely give. Shall we have a song?